Hello, Rebecca. How are you today? Hi, Carl. Uh, good. Thanks for taking the leap of faith on uh, on an X space, formerly known as Twitter. I'm sure you're going to have a fantastic experience. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for inviting us, inviting me. Yeah, it's uh, it's our pleasure, especially to have a company um, that's in the uranium space right now. Um, do you want to start off by telling us how you got involved with the company and your background in uranium? I think that's a great place to start. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'll just go into my background. So, and then I'll I'll see how or I'll say how I got involved with Forum. So, I started with Chemical. Actually, I kind of entered the uranium space just as a, you know, very early geoscientist. Um, in about, yeah, it would have been like, oh five essentially, and I started with Chemical. And yeah, those were you know different days. Again, it was. It was kind of, in some ways, a bit similar. Like it was kind of the lead up, you know, potentially to a really great um, bull market. And so they were hiring lots of people, and I got this great, exciting job. And and really early on, um, you know, Cameco at that time was looking in a lot of areas of the world. And so, so they had the Athabasca, but they also we're looking in Australia. They had stuff in Australia, Mongolia, they, everywhere. They were going everywhere. And another area they focused in was the Thelon, because they really wanted to, you know, expand their, you know, resource development potentially to many areas of the world. And so that's kind of where I came in, and I kind of I was hired into their global group, and then quickly I was put in the kind of the Thelon project, and then really quickly I was running it. So I kind of just showed up you know, the first summer and, you know, lots of, it was just a greenfields project, you know, getting up there, just mapping, uh, sampling, like there was nothing, you know, basically at that time, Arano was up there and they were kind of working towards developing that project that's up there. But other than that, no one was really up there. So we were just trying to figure it all out. And that's kind of where I started and basically took that project from, you know, grassroots running around on the ground with a helicopter sampling to, you know, kind of trying to figure out the geology and then drilling and then really early on to drilling. So our second field season of drilling after basically, you know, 1500 meters to discovery. And that's where we discovered, you know, just the really early, um, you know, traces of mineralization. And that was at Tadagak and Kavik, and that's kind of the, the two main mineralized zones in, on the property so far. And I guess how I got involved with Forum is Forum was also up there during that time. So, you know, there there wasn't too many companies up there, but again, it was a boom. So, you know, lots of people started moving all over the world, um, including into the Arctic, and they were up there too. So Cameco kind of had all this ground or where I was working was all kind of to the west of where Arano this development or what they were working on was. And then Forum had a bunch of this good ground um, to the West. And so, so yeah, I met Rick then and we kind of went, you know, for, he kind of knew my work. And then, you know, when Rick actually got up there and, you know, realized that that ground was open again after many years, that's kind of when he got in touch with me. And he staked it. Yeah, and he staked it. Yeah. How far away um, are those two projects from each other? 
The which projects? The the like, the Cameco Discovery and the Snake Ground. Okay, they're right in. I mean, the the Cameco Discoveries are now within the Staked Ground, so they're right. Um, yeah, because Cameco, when the basically Fukushima happened, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of scaled back everything. Yeah, went back to the Athabasca, and and then they actually lapsed that ground that they had in those discoveries as well. Okay, so again, thanks uh, to everyone for listening. We have Rebecca Hunter, who is the VP of Exploration for Form Energy Metals, which is an, in a very exciting space, the uranium space. Uh, I was just doing some research today. Uh, I've been covering uranium for about four years now. I'd say Rick Rule got me into, uh, you know, got me into uranium about three years ago. So I just uh, I made a note here, Rebecca. Because one of the uh, leading indicators that it's game on in the uranium space is long-term contracts. I'm sure you know that. And um, so, so far this year to date, there's been 143.7 million pounds of uranium that's been locked up in long-term contracts just this year. And you'd have to go back over 10 years to get to a number um, of that high of long-term contracts. So it's pretty obvious what's happening here. Cameco has it's up 60% year to date, I believe. Um, so you know the the spot price has moved up. I would argue that the spot price is just sort of um, you know following up with inflation uh, to make it you know the, to make the economics make sense of of actually producing and selling uranium, um, let alone having long term contracts come in. So this is a very exciting discussion to have because uranium is a place where you know it's a very uh, you know the markets are choppy right now kind of a risk off appetite uh, uh, scenario but uranium is getting the attention of people around the world and there's been a lot of new funds that are popping up and are financing and getting involved in uranium so super excited to have you um so now that once you joined the company um what was your role initially and how has it progressed over the years and so I just joined, actually, I guess I started a bit as a consultant. So when Ray, uh, Rick started staking up this ground, I was still working for the BC government in there, in the survey there. And he just wanted advice, you know, you know, what, what should we stake here? We've got like the deposits and stuff, but what else, you know, what else did you like? And, and so I jumped all over that because I was, you know, excited. I mean, I, I was pretty sad when you know, Cameco pulled away from this area because we just basically got started. Mm-hmm. And and so I was just really eager to get back. And so, so yeah, I helped him with that just as a consultant. And then, you know, in late 2022, I started just as a, basically as the, the VP. So, so right. then I, I kind of jumped because I, I like exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so now I've been there about a year. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you worked for arguably the biggest um, or biggest or is chemical the largest or second largest producer in the world? Well, they're the second largest. Um, yeah, the Kazakhstan is is definitely the largest producer of uranium right now, like in those companies. Yeah. Got it. So Cameco is number two, and Canada is also also the number two, the lar- uh, the second largest producer of of uh, uranium in the world. I believe is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So why don't we walk through um, some of the last few news releases that the company's had? Because I think you're you're probably obviously involved in those. Uh, the the September news release or, or um, 
yesterday's? Yeah, well, I always start, you know, the with the September. Like it's kind of just all our. It's basically our summer program. So we we got some money. Um, basically, we have a strategic investor now that that basically helped fund that project. Gave us three million to to do the exploration. So they're very much aligned in kind of what we you know want to do up there in Nunavut and and in uranium in general. So so we got the money and. Basically, the press releases are that drilling program. So it was really small. Uh, we only got a thousand meters. We did uh, five holes. And so the first two press releases were kind of focusing in on Tadagak. And so we have, um, you know, really good grades. So what it was, you know, really highlighting is we wanted to get in there, wanted to get back to this, you know, this mineralization that, you know, we initially or I initially discovered with Cameco. But kind of get in there ourselves and 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 just make it more real as well as kind of test some of the the structural setting of kind of what you know the mineralization is in so that we can target it effectively so the first hole was kind of in an area you know of, of known mineralization but we drilled it at a better angle so that we kind of have more of a true width and so that's what the the 2.25% over 11 meters was so and and very shallow depths again, just to reiterate that all the mineralization in this area that we're focusing on so far is under 180 meters depth. So you know, very shallow. Definitely, you know, if if we progress this forward, is definitely an open pit sort of scenario, at mm-hmm. least right now. So so that's what we were doing. I wanted to get in there, and and the reason I wanted to test the structural controls is that when we were first drilling this back you know in the last cycle you know it was all new we didn't know exactly you know how these were situated in space so a lot of the holes at least the very early ones were quite um, steep holes and and so but after so one of the other components of my experience here is that when chemical left um or years you know and the project was done i did a phd on this basically these mineralized zones and, and the geology in general. It's a broad kind of geology sort of thesis. But one of the things I wanted to do was basically figure out how these ore zones are situated so I could target them better um, going forward. So that was the plan. So the first hole, the 2.25 at 11, was targeting it based on on what I kind of figured out in my thesis. You got these steep kind of parallel lenses, kind of vertical subparallel lenses, very similar to what you'd see at like arrow. Uh, like it's a different mm-hmm. setting, but the structural setting is similar. And and so that's what I wanted to target better. And then the other ones, I just wanted to chase it along strike to just really show that we have the strike length and that we can really potentially find a really good deposit at this Tadagak um, zone. So that was the the other press release was the 0.4 over 12 meters essentially um Mm -hmm. 200 meters away from that initial hit so just showing really good continuity um so that's a step out a step out hole yeah a step out hole of 200 meters to the southwest so that was the second press release and we have another one we'll have another one pending we do have one more into that mineralized zone but kind of between the two holes and again it's mineralized we're just waiting for the assays and and those results and then we had, we also, the bigger strategy here, and it was the bigger strategy too when I was at Cameco, was that 
we wanted to find mineralization, you know, in the basement rocks. Like these are based so far. What we found is basement hosted kind of mineralization. But the real goal up here is to find something bigger. And it's the same type of basin. It's the same type of geology. It's just because it's in the Arctic, it hasn't been explored to the same extent uh, because there's no roads. And of course, when you get these huge bear markets, no one can afford to be, you know, barely exploring in the Athabasca, let alone, you know, coming up here. Um, so, mm-hmm. so essentially, I wanted to find something bigger. I, I like, there's no reason why there aren't, you know, um, big deposits like MacArthur and Cigar and Arrow um, up in this area of the woods. So, so that's actually the bigger goal. And our third press release is basically just one of those areas that we wanted to test because it has the right criteria. So let's talk about the arrow deposit because you you're thinking that this looks similar, just in the structural context. So so you know this arrow is a basement hosted deposit, and it has it's you know these kind of um, steep dipping lenses, you know that kind of thing. So that's kind of what you know the Tadigak, at least in the geometry, looks like. But yeah, so that's kind of what I'm saying. Okay. Um, and how long do you think it'll take to get the re- the results back uh, from the drilling program? There's just one more to come, and that'll probably be next week. Um, so we're okay. just, yeah, it's just getting everything back from the lab and kind of trickling it out. So now, is this a place that you can drill all year round, or is the spring kind of like a bad time to to go d- drilling because it might be very muddy? I I mean, take yeah. take us through that terrain. And FYI for everyone who's listening, um, I shut the comments off. There's too many people on Twitter that you know just go around uh, talking this and that. Please direct DM me your questions. Uh, just just DM the uh, follow the money account, and I'll I'll kindly ask Rebecca. Uh, but yeah, if you can walk us through what it's like to drill up there uh, at this project. Yeah, no, it's well, it's the tundra. So yeah, no trees, no roads. Um, so the basically, it's yeah because of the remoteness and stuff. It's all helicopter supported and or fixed wing supported. And basically, the best time to explore there is is kind of June to October, and so that's about a four month window that you can you can do all your exploration in, and and then you have a bit of a shoulder season, so you can do a little bit of work like we're going to build our camp next year in May, and, and you can start hauling stuff. So another thing, because there is no roads, one of the ways that we get our gear from the closest community, which is Baker Lake, so. Look that up. It's you know, kind of in the middle of the Arctic there. And basically, we haul stuff over land on these big, like, we get snow cats and big sleighs, and, and we bring all our fuel and drills and all that stuff kind of when the snow is still there, but there's still light. So it's kind of in the spring. So kind of March to May is kind of this big kind of overland transport season. And then the exploration season is, is June to October. And then the rest, it's so cold. You know, it's minus 60 and it's windy and it's dark. And yeah, so it's not a great time to explore in the rest of it. <laughs> I did get a question. Um, uh, the the, the uh, handle was asking what your cost per meter is to drill. Or do you do yeah. you know that yet? Or Well, I base it more on what it was, you know, when I was with, you know, when I was working up there previously. So 
basically we could get it down, you know, with two to three drills, we've got it down to about 500 a meter kind of all in. So that that's what the goal is, is at least, you know, 600 a meter, you know, there's inflation now. So um, yeah. 600 or so when you, but you need to have the, you know, couple drills. And of course this summer was not that, you know, we we're more at about 1300 a meter, but it was really about just getting results. Um, we didn't have our camp in. We were actually working in that close community, that Baker Lake, which is about a 40 minute helicopter ride back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that added, of course, a lot of cost. But that's not that's not the way going forward. We're going to have a camp that's, you know, very centrally located, and and that cuts the the helicopter cost down a lot. Okay. Um, is there anything else about this target that you want to highlight or talk about? Um, I think the biggest thing is just it's the potential. Like, it's like it's kind of like going back in time here because this area just hasn't been explored and so it's like going back to the 19 the late 1970s in the uh the Athabasca basin and and, you know in that time you know there was only a a handful of deposits that were found uh, mostly kind of the low-hanging fruit and and areas that had a surface expression so they were just easier to find um, and then it wasn't really until the early 1980s that the big deposits, the big game-changing deposits like Cigar and MacArthur, you know, were found in the Athabasca Basin. And and it required kind of two things to do that. It, it, you needed the exploration, you needed enough exploration to happen for that to happen, as well as you needed kind of a the geological knowledge to be enough so that you knew how to target, you know, kind of refinement of the model. And I think that's kind of where we are now in the Thelon. And so I think it's just ripe for us to find, you know, the next, you know, several hundred million pound deposit up there. It'll it'll definitely look different, you know, than Cigar and MacArthur in some ways, but, you know, we're really excited to, to get some money hopefully and, 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 and put that theory to the test. Would you say that this is the company's flagship uh, project or target at this point? Or because I know that you have there's a sixty percent interest in in a project in the Athabasca. We, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a we have a big portfolio in the Athabasca too, and so I mean, which of course is the prime real estate for you know unconformity deposits, but. Mm-hmm. But we're we we have pounds in the ground now with this one, and and the prize here is just way bigger, you know. Um, you know, it, a lot of the Athabasca deposits now, like you can find them, but a lot of them are going to be deep, and and then it's questionable whether or not, like, when is that ever going to get into production? And then the exploration costs are huge. Like, maybe you can get up there, and so in a in a bear market people can get up and keep kind of exploring but you know the one of the things about the thelon is that there's so much potential to find many deposits and and many maybe really really high grade ones so anyways the the cost is high the financial you know risk is higher in the thelon but the actual exploration cost or um sorry the the potential of that area is very huge. Um, so, but yeah, we do have a really good portfolio in the Athabasca, but we're going to be focusing mostly on this now. Um, and then, you know, a little bit on our Wollaston project, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's the plan. 
So what would you say is the most exciting um, thing for you right now? Uh, you, uh, you know, earlier I said, take us back, you know, in the years, but, you know, that was my, my, uh, my apologies there. You, you haven't even been there for a year yet, right? Um, so what is, what's yeah. really exciting you? What's exciting here for me is that I can basically finish what I started. So mm-hmm. when, when I was at, you know, with, with Cameco and, and there was just so much potential and, and then it got cut off because, you know, Fukushima and, and the, the, what happened there. So this is what I'm excited about is that because the whole plan there was to, to make big discoveries. And I think now with Rick, he staked the ground, we got the ground. Um, now, now we can just continue basically where I left off. And that's, that's where I'm, why I'm excited. Let's talk about uranium. Uh, I sort of expressed excitement um, towards the top of this uh, this space. What's your take on uranium? Well, I think that it, yeah, we need it. That like very much a uranium bug. We, you know, the power that we need going forward, like all the climate change, um, you know, aspects. You know, like we're not going to be using less power going forward. We we're going to be using more, and we need a reliable source of energy to do that. And and yeah, I mean, uranium. Your reactors, like that's that's where we need to head to make that possible. So, and then you know, of course, there's a lot of political things. You know, the politics have changed a lot, and and we also need supplies of uranium that are accessible, and you know, politically accessible. And so, you know, basically, it's with the the Thelon, for instance, is you have this enormous you know high potential basin that's just sitting in our backyard in Canada. And we mm-hmm. barely touched it. And I mean, that's kind of the story in Canada's Arctic in general. Like, there's so much potential resource-wise. But, right. yeah, we have all that at our fingertips. Yeah, it would definitely be... It's a really good time for Canada to start investing in its own resources. Like, I'll say that. Um, if you had to pick one place, where would you want to explore? Would it be the Thelon or the Athabasca? Well, I'm probably pretty biased on this, so I won't lie, but but it's a Thelon. I'm a like I'm an explorationist at heart. Um like yeah, like the for me to to showcase and show the world that this basin, you know, can be as big as the Athabasca would be the kind of the ultimate achievement. So so that's where I wanna be. Um so Okay. I got a question from Joe. Um, and Joe always asks this question: Do you own shares in the company? I do. Um, so yeah, and I think that's important. And I and I, if I had more money, I'd I'd buy more. So, but but I have yep, I have a shareholding, and I will continue to do so. That's great. That's something that investors love to see. Um, so you're bullish on uranium. We need it. Uh, I, yes, I agree. The, the when it comes to uh, to politics, not to get into them too much, but uh, we're trying to electrify the world now, getting away from fossil fuels. That's a very polarizing subject in itself these days. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're going to do that, you need a baseload energy source. Yeah. And I can only think of one at scale that's going to make that happen, and it's not wind and solar. It would be uranium. 
Exactly. And it's funny how these cycles work in, in uranium because, um, yeah, you go into a bear market, um, you get these long-term contracts, the, uh, uh, you know, some of these producers have been sitting on inventories. It's been very difficult for investors to track inventories. Um, but at this point now, we're seeing the spot price move um, with very little capital, uh, you know, uh, purchasing pounds in the spot market and it's moving the price significantly. So that kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of showing the leverage that's, that's there. And, um, and I think those inventories have been depleted. So, and, and, and it's true, like there's been funds that are popping up now. Um, You know, there's, there's new, a lot of new capital coming into this space and this company has been around for a while. Rick's been around for a long time and you have a lot of experience. So, um, you know, I, I, I think you're, I, I think there's some good leadership here. Now it's just a matter of proving the proving out the resource. Yeah, it's just it's getting that support. You know, it's it's getting investment support to to follow that. And so and and yeah, it you know it's gonna. We have what's great about this project is we have pounds in the ground already. So now it's just it's just proving that up in two places actually. And there's also our Cavic discovery as well. And then it's. Yeah, it's the real prize is, is finding more. And then, you know, it's already an area with uranium resource. So, you know, it's fertile, you know, that it has all the right characteristics. And, and you know, eventually, you know, Arano, depending on what they want to do going forward, you know, I, I, I don't know how long they want to sit on, you know, 133 million pounds just in care and maintenance because, you know. Yeah, right. Is there anyone else around there that has uh, that's exploring? For in that area, no. It's just us. We're just it's just us going. Um, except for there is um, latitude uranium there to the south of us, um, about two hundred kilometers. So they're also working in the Arctic, but it's a bit of a different setting. But it is uranium, so that's that's the only other uranium play that's active in the area. When um, when was the last time you were there? This summer. So so I was there. Yeah, I headed up the drill program um, from it was uh, yeah July to the middle of August. Okay. Um, is can you tell us a little bit about the strategic investor, or is there anything you can say, can't say? It's mostly don't say? yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love to say if I could, but no, it. It's under an NDA um, because they have that, um, you know, just under 10%. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just another, you know, it's, they have the same vision that we have and um, for both uranium and, and the none of it, like working up there. Okay. Well, I'd love to hammer you with capital markets questions because uh, I did get a, a few of those from DM, but I'm, I'm going to save those for Rick and I'm going to request yeah. that Rick and I do a space, you know, or a morning drive in the, in the next couple of months and I'll drill him with capital market stuff. Um, yeah. So right now, I know you've kind of touched on it, but like walk us through what the next, say, three months are for the company and you, you're waiting to get back to the last batch of results there, last hole, I should say. Yeah. So take us, so, you know, people that are listening that might want to invest in the company, so we kind of know what the game plan is, at least from an exploration standpoint, which you you head off. So, 
the main thing, yeah, we're waiting for the last of the results. But again, we should have that in the next, you know, week or two. And then that kind of finalizes that. Except that we also did um, a passive seismic survey. So it's a, a geophysical survey also on um, that, the Tadigak anomaly, as well as a couple other anomalies. And and so that data is still being worked on. Um, so in the next couple months, hopefully we'll have some more information on that. The hope is with that survey is that it'll, it'll be able, just another way of imaging the subsurface, but maybe in this area, we're hoping that it'll be able to really show us kind of, of where to target at depth, um, kind of where the mineralization is, et cetera. So we are very excited about what that might show. Um, and it might be a really great exploration method going forward. So, so that's kind of the exploration. Um, and then it's, you know, it's planning, you know, this sort of like working up here, you know, requires quite a bit of planning. We've got a camp to put in, so we've got to kind of organize that um, so that, you know, it's already everything is staged in Baker Lake so that we can start sledding it over by snow train in, um, you know, March, March to May. So, yeah. Okay. So. It seems like you've got your hands full. Now, I did get a DM there from Frank. Uh, I can't see the full account. Um, but yeah, Frank is wondering if you're going to be putting out maps uh, with these results. Because sometimes exploration companies don't put out, I guess, or actually, sorry, more specifically, 3D maps. Yeah, okay. Well, we're we're working on that. So we've just, you know, we got a LeapFrog license you know, a few months ago when we started the drill program. So so we're just working on all that. So yeah, we would like to to have some really nice, you know, 3D kind of uh, models of kind of the mineralization that we have to date uh, based on the historic and then what we've drilled as well as, yeah, kind of going forward, the geology and stuff like that. So yeah, once we get all that kind of organized in the next few months, we will for sure. Awesome. And for those that don't know what LeapFrog is, oh, yeah. LeapFrog is the technology that you would use to build out maps. It's basically the infrastructure. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a 3D modeling software. So yeah, so that that's for that, the 3D stuff. But yeah, we're, we're working on also other types of maps as well. And, and we'll be putting those, you know, on the website and, and, and whatnot. So. Okay. So, and Frank had a follow-up there and he wanted to know about the Athabasca project. And what's going on there? So we kind of have a mixed bag. So, you know, we have um, we have projects that are optioned to other companies. So um, and and then we have our own. So the the Wallaston project is one that's 100 percent owned by us. And so I would like to this winter um, just do a bit more geophysics. So, you know, I think we we've got you know, some really good conductor trends and we got some gravity. So we kind of have that, but I think we could really use a bit more um, like maybe some resistivity just to see alteration at depth. And so that I can target those conductors better. So, so that's one of the things I want to do on that project. And then one of our kind of partner operated option agreement projects, High Rock, SASE resources. Um, we're hoping that we'll be doing a drill program in our High Rock project. And that's an area kind of south of Key Lake. So it's really good trend and some really good just drill-ready targets. So we're hoping that, that that's what they'll be working on that and getting some good results. Yeah, and what was the, um, what's the relationship there with SASE? 
they're optioning our high rock project. So they're just in the process of that um, getting, you know, you, you do the option where you, you spend so much and then you, yeah. you get more and more stake in the, the project. Yeah. You can buy in. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of, and so they're kind of halfway through um, that um, process. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with that company as well. Um, okay. Um, let's, pro- let's leave it sort of on the, the blue sky potential of your favorite asset that the company has. Let's talk about that. Because you know you're behind this thing on the exploration side of things, that in being successful on the exploration side is what's going to bring the most value to this company, uh, being that it's an explorer. So, where's the you know where's the blue sky potential here? And and please don't hold back because that's what investors want to hear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, just you know that the whole project. So we have like a hundred thousand hectares, essentially, of really prime real estate for for that area of the world, and so. Um, essentially like the, you know, equivalent, you know, the really good Wollaston trends, if you're familiar with the Athabasca, you know, where all the really great deposits are situated along in the east, or you could argue, you know, all the great, you know, the trends uh, in the Patterson Lake area with Fission and Triple R. So, so we've got kind of an equivalent, you know, really good trend and it's these major fault zones um, in that area. And we have numerous anomalies. So back when, you know, Camco was up there, we did all this gravity and so we have all these really key anomalies that haven't been tested or have been just tested a little bit. And, and some of the ones that have been tested have showed um, that we actually have alteration in the sandstone. And so this is, this is one thing that hasn't been really seen in the Thelon. Like, so, so far, all the deposits that have been found are these basin-hosted deposits, you know, similar to you know what your know, rabbit lake area and eagle point you have these basement hosted ones and so that's all there has been so far and so you know some of the thoughts are oh you know that's all they have there that's all the Elon has but we have targets on our property that have extreme alteration in the sandstone and so you know similar you know i guess bleaching is kind of a term that's used um it's just kind of they're white it's stripped of color and and sandstone that's unconsolidated essentially. So, and these are the types of alterations that you see above, you know, Cigar Lake, or or any of the major, you know, unconformity contact deposits. And so, we have evidence of that. So we know it's going on there. And so that's why we need to get into these other targets and test them because, you know, the sky's the limit. If we can find, you know, one of these major deposits, like okay said before, it's. It's a game changer, not only for us, but just in general for the the Thelon Basin and and Canada's you know uranium resource potential. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a Canadian company. Uranium is is you know pretty much Canadian outside of uh, Kazakhstan, right? Yeah, I mean we're the second largest producer, so I, I love supporting a Canadian company going after a Canadian resource. That just feels good to me. Uh, obviously, it's it's still early stages, but you know, you you worked for one of the best companies in the world when it comes to uranium, Cameco. They are, uh, you know, they they have a lot of money. Uh, they have pretty pretty big teams there. I know a few people that have worked at that company as well. So you've got the background to head things off. Um, where would you like to leave this today? What what what? What would where where would you like to leave this for investors? Um, well, I mean, I think if you want to get in on the ground floor of, you know, <clears throat> a major 
major discovery in the making or, you know, potential down the road, like this is this is where you want to be. I mean, you know, Cameco was made by their discovery of of MacArthur, essentially, you know, same with, you know, NextGen and all these companies that have these big deposits. And I think we're kind of primed to to potentially be the same as well. And so if you want to get in on that, then 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 please come and support Forum, Forum Energy Metals. Yeah, the stock ticker is FMC. Uh, what exchanges are you listed on? Um, the TSX Vancouver, um, and then the, the I can't remember the other one. Um, okay, no, no problem. And where can uh, people find you if they want to email you and ask you questions? What's your What's the best way for people to get a hold of you, or would you prefer them to go to Rick? Well, Rick or me? No, it's totally fine. So, I mean, I'm my email is is basically Hunter at Forum Energy Metals dot com and and yeah or contact the company and, and they'll direct it to me so so yeah okay well we're gonna wrap it up there our first uh x space with uh rebecca hunter and uh and the company we did a, a morning drive before i know our audience loves uranium i always get lots of questions uh, we've been covering it for a while but the thing is when we when we started covering it covering it three four years ago nothing really has happened nothing too exciting <laughs> but it, it's it's at the point now when cameco is up 60 percent on the year that's a pr- really significant uh price movement and of course um you know as, as in many speculative uh markets and markets in general the big caps the the the, the blue chips move first and then mm-hmm. the the mid caps and the producers and then it trickles into the explorers and explorers have the most amount of leverage obviously the highest risk not advice but that's how I look at, at stocks. Um, that's how, you know, and I, I allocate my capital and divide it up into various places. Um, you know, I don't just put everything into explorers, right? But that's where the leverage is. And, it, you know, the stock's up, I think, 200% on the year. Uh, the 52-week low is, was $0.05, cents, I believe. But, yeah. at the, you know, that's when nothing was going on and, you know, that was still a bear market and nobody really cared about uranium except for people that really understood the fundamentals from a contrarian perspective and that has now shifted so as you know as i said earlier uh the the train has left the station <laughs> you know and uh but it's uh it, it's just started so i i'm excited i look forward to more updates more results from the company I'm going to, you know, I'll make sure that I'll be getting the email notifications. I highly recommend that people follow the um, the Form Energy Twitter handle, or I should say X handle. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, please go over and follow the handle. If you can, sign up to their email uh, newsletter so you get the, when they put out news, you get it right away and you can get on it because, you know, your uranium is an exciting space now. So stocks it's not going to take a week for a stock to move if they put out really good news. It, you know, it's people are going to be on it right away. So make sure you're getting that news right away. Rebecca, on behalf of my company, Follow the Money Investor Group, I really want to thank you today for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, I look forward and hopefully we can uh, only go a few months and, and then we'll hear from you again. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Carl. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye now.